Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandy. I'm starting a three-day series called Another Gospel. Satan tries to introduce another God, another religion, but you know what? The warning comes when he tries to introduce another gospel, another way to get to heaven. Let's talk about that from the Word of God today. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. You know, one of the favorite things I enjoy doing is teaching verse by verse, and that's why I have so many books on books. And I'm going to be teaching for the next couple of days, maybe three days, out of the book of Galatians on what's called another gospel. Paul touched on this at the beginning and will be amplified as we go through the book. So I'll be quoting parts of it. And I think it's very important that after you get enough doctrine under you by topics, when Christians always ask me, where do I start? New Christians, where do I start studying God's word? Go by topics, pray and get a topic. It might be love or grace or praise or worship or something like that. And so start studying that way. I always recommend this, that when you start on a topic, keep a pad next to you because one topic, as you're going through it, will suddenly reveal other topics. Well, don't get sidetracked and start leaving this one, go to that one and that one. You'll never finish any of them. Write it down on a piece of paper. Whenever you have an idea come to you, like praise might teach you about, you know, resting in God. So right over there, rest and rest in God and keep that on there. Finish your subject you're going through. When you get through with that, then look at your list and ask the Holy Spirit, where should I go next? He'll always lead you and guide you. One of the most best things about the Holy Spirit is he leads you and guides you into all truth. And that's his word. And maybe there's one just stands out to you. And that's, listen, if it's in the word of God that stands out to you, well, then go for it. After you have enough topics under your belt, then start studying along with topics, start studying the Bible verse by verse. You'll find out that these topics you've been studying, they, they appear in every book. It's just that the author puts it in a different context. It may be a context of war or of peace. It may be a time when there's a harvest that is good or a harvest that's bad and uh, enemies are about to invade. There's just a number of problems that faced everyone and yet you'll find out how that uh, Isaiah used this topic and next door you found how Ezekiel used that topic, not the same way, but the same topics flow in and out of all the books of the Bible and it helps you to understand it. So that's why I recommend start with topics, then go verse by verse, or as it says in Isaiah 28, line upon line and precept upon precept. As you study God's word verse by verse and illumination comes to you, it will change your life forever. That's why I recommend that if you've got enough of the word of God in you, it's time to start studying it verse by verse. One thing that comes out of that, by leaving it in context, you'll understand either, look, I was right because this is what the context said, or you might have to swallow and say, you know what? I've seen that verse in a whole new light today. That, that's not even what even the meaning is. It might have an application. Every verse of scripture has one interpretation, but many applications. And so finding out what the interpretation of that verse is, is incredible. And you can still use it for your applications. So turn with to Galatians chapter one, and we're gonna start with verses six and seven as we teach today on what's called, Paul called another gospel. And so this is the name we put on the world's message today. The world's message coming through the world and sadly coming through even church pulpits today. And that is what the world calls the gospel. Galatians chapter one, verses six and seven. And while you're following it, let me just speak to my loyal and dedicated followers who I call partners with me and you call partners with you. Partnership begins because, you know, in my own life, I had a number of authors. I loved Arthur Pink. 
man, his books were incredible. I just hooked up with him. And uh, other ones I studied, and Arthur Pink is dead. And so another one I, I study after is uh, Barnhouse, Donald Gray Barnhouse. Now he died in 1960. But his radio program still exists today, and I look those up, and they just really feed me. That my heart identifies with them. And there's also ministers today that are friends of mine, alive and doing very well. Andrew Womack and some others. I support their ministry. If somebody, if somebody identifies with me, and I identify with them, there's that connection of the heart. Then that's where I start with, and then if I follow that up with some good works. That is putting in their ministry, and that's why I think it's important. You should be to church that immediately when you're in there, you know it's the right church. You may not agree with everything they teach, but there's just thinking in your heart like, oh, this is the church for me. It might be overwhelming or it might just be a simple, you know, inside of yourself. It's manifest in your heart and suddenly you just identify with them. That's the church you belong in. That's where you begin to tithe. But when it comes to above the tithe, it's the offerings. And I thank for those for who support this ministry because why? You consider it something your heart goes after. You like my vision. You like my message. You like the way I teach it. And so you, you come with me. Other ministers, they have followers of their own, but I appreciate those who follow after me. We're not the biggest in the world, but I consider you the best. Don't tell anybody else, but I consider you the best. If you'd like to join this group of people and you'd like to become a partner with me, then go to my website, bobyandian.com. You'll find a place there where you can become a partner with me. I look forward to having you join me. Galatians chapter one, verses six and seven. Paul is talking to the believers here at Galatia and admonishing them because he hadn't been there that long before. And all of a sudden in the time period he's been gone, they have turned from the truth of the gospel. And he says to another gospel, verses six and seven. I marvel, I'm shocked, Paul said, that you are so soon removed from him who called you into the grace of Christ to another gospel, which is not another. It's interesting, there's two Greek words for another. The first one is heteros, and this means another of a different kind. And then there's alos, which means another of the same kind. Well, let's stick that in there because these two words are found. I am shocked that you are called from the grace of God to another gospel of a different kind, which is not another gospel of the same kind. But there be some who trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. I want you to notice there are other titles for the gospel of Christ. He says there, which is not another of the same kind. So there's other names for the gospel, but we are not talking about a gospel contrary to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't pervert what doesn't exist. Notice what he said. He said, you that some have come to trouble you and pervert the gospel of Christ. I want you to notice it's not called a gospel of Christ because there's not a number of them. There's one gospel of Christ and it might have some other titles, but there's only one. And notice you cannot pervert what doesn't exist. The gospel was here first so that Satan took it and twisted it and perverted it. Paul used this expression over in Acts chapter 20, where he said, there's some of you who will twist the gospel. He says, among, you, among your own ranks, will come and twist the word of God. And what he's saying was you're going to teach wrong doctrine, but you're going to take the truth and twist it. That's the hardest to recognize because it starts out with something true and you're nodding. Uh, you know, a few minutes later, as they start to twist it, you're still nodding. You don't see the moment they leave the truth and start going into false things and come up with a wrong conclusion at the end. And that's what Paul says has happened here. They perverted the gospel of Christ. The voices of the world all speak the same message contrary to God's truth. Satan's twisted message comes out from all different forms in the world system. It comes from the news. That's the media. 
That is print, that's like newspapers, entertainment, TV and movies there, and print also such as magazines, education, business, sports, government leaders. These are all saying the same thing. And sometimes you get so tired of watching a football game and they're suddenly switching over to it and it becomes political. And you wanna watch some other program, it's political. You wanna watch one of your favorite shows and it might be a comedy, but in the midst of it, right in the middle of it, there's twisting it and making it into something that's political. And all of a sudden you begin to realize Satan false gospel is behind everything that we see in there and it's growing more and more. Most churches, despite doctrinal differences, they preach the same gospel of Jesus Christ. Again, when I go to churches, other churches and minister, sometimes they have a doctrinal difference, but the one thing that they agree on, and that is Jesus Christ crucified for sins and salvation by faith in him and in no other. This is what makes a true gospel. In the Bible, the world's message is called another gospel. In this passage right here, it's called another gospel. Satan's pulpits all preach the same perversion of the gospel, just like all true churches preach the same message of the true gospel. He perverts it and you hear the same things coming from other pulpits. So if what happens is, is Satan has not only got the churches that are under his control or the pastors that are under his control, he's also giving the same gospel in the world and they hear it when they come to church too. So Satan covers all of his bases. Satan doesn't initiate, he imitates. God has only one begotten son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So has Satan, he's called the son of perdition. Second Thessalonians chapter two and verse three. There is a holy trinity. There's also an evil trinity in Revelation chapter 20 and verse 10. We are called the children of God. Satan has the children of the wicked one. That's found in Matthew chapter 13 and verse 38. God works in his children both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Satan is the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. Ephesians chapter two and verse two. There is a mystery of godliness, 1 Timothy chapter three and verse 16. And there's also a mystery of iniquity, 2 Thessalonians chapter two and verse seven. God's angels seal believers in their foreheads. Isn't that interesting? Revelation chapter seven and verse three, and Satan's workers mark the foreheads of their own in Revelation chapter 13 and verse 16. God's spirit searches all the deep things of God. First Corinthians chapter two and verse 10, Satan also has a number of deep things found in Revelation chapter two and verse 24. Jesus performed miracles. Satan does too with lying signs and wonders. Matthew chapter 24 and verse 24, Second Thessalonians chapter two and verse nine. Jesus sits on a throne, so does Satan. Revelation chapter two and verse 13. Jesus has a church. Satan has a synagogue. Revelation chapter two and verse nine. Why? Because religion is always the devil's home. Number 11, Christ is the light of the world. Satan is transformed into an angel of light. Second Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 14. Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah and Satan goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. First Peter chapter five and verse eight. God's son will rule eternally in the temple from Jerusalem and Satan's son will rule temporarily in the temple from Jerusalem. This is found again in the book of Revelation also in Daniel chapter nine. Jesus chooses apostles and Satan also has his apostles, 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 13.
So it comes back to this with all those imitations, with all those trying to be as God, Satan also has a gospel. That's what we're dealing with today. This is what we're being told in in Galatians chapter one, verses six and seven. Paul doesn't call it another doctrine. He calls it another gospel. Another doctrine is perversion of the truth to sidetrack Christians and Satan's behind that. But this gospel we're talking about is a perversion of the message of salvation to the world. So Satan perverts doctrine in the church, but to the world he perverts the gospel, whether preached in the world or often from church pulpits as we have it today. Man, this is a sad thing we're seeing today, is that churches everywhere seem to be preaching the same thing you hear on the news, that you hear on sports, that you hear in the movies, that you hear on your favorite television programs. The same message is coming out from everywhere, and it seems like you can't get away from it. Well, the way to get away from it is find a good church that teaches the Word of God, teaches salvation by nobody else than Jesus Christ. Faith in Him and faith in Him only is what saved, for there's no other name under under heaven, given among men, whereby we must be saved and through the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll get back more into this in just a moment when we come back after the break. But I do want you to get a hold of this copy of the book on the book of Galatians. It will tremendously bless you because it speaks so much to us today. It's a word to churches that were not Jews, but Gentiles. So it's going to be a great blessing to you. I'll see you right after the break. The apostle Paul knew that works can't bring salvation. The Galatian churches, after believing the gospel of grace in Christ, were misled into Jewish law. Paul wrote to them, confronting their foolishness. His letter declared salvation by faith alone, not based on effort or observance, but solely upon the grace of God. In this New Testament commentary on Galatians, Bob Yandian defines legalism, its effects on the Galatians, and its impact on today's church. Seeing how legalism infected the Galatian churches, we can learn to overcome this subtle attack on believers today. To order this New Testament commentary on Galatians, visit our website at bobyendian.com. I've been waiting on this book, Theology Simplified. This is a class I teach at Karis Bible College, and it's my favorite class. I think the students' favorite class is there. And I've been waiting to put this into a book. It's eight different theological terms that sound difficult, but actually are very simple. I just simply think the Bible sometimes is filled with complicated sounding words, but you break it down, it becomes very simple. This book is called Theology Simplified. Let me tell you what all it covers. It covers predestination. It covers reconciliation and sanctification. It covers glorification, justification. Redemption, propitiation, and election are all covered in this book. And again, big words with simple meanings. I bring it down to you. When I used to pastor at the church, I would even tell, I'd say, housewives, you that are listening out there today in the congregation, this is designed for you too. The Word of God is not difficult. Go to my website, bobbyandian.com. You'll find how you can have a copy for yourself. Blessings upon blessings to you. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com 
and click on Partnership. Again, Paul does not call what Satan is teaching today and teaches preaching today is another doctrine, but as another gospel. Another doctrine is perversion of the truth, trying to sidetrack Christians, and yes, Satan is behind that. But this gospel we're talking about is a perversion of the message of salvation to the world, whether preached in the world or from church pulpits. Look at Matthew chapter 13. Jesus gave us a parable of the day we're living in today and that will go right on into the tribulation. I believe we are very close to the coming of Jesus Christ. I won't put a date on it, but it could be next week, next month, next year, or 10 years from now. But anyway, it's close, very close. We're seeing the world gather together around a centralized uh, gospel, a centralized uh, government system, a centralized education system, all the way through single thing. In other words, I call it worldwide communism. That's what we're headed toward. Matthew chapter 13, verses 36 through 43. Then Jesus sent the multitudes away and went into the house and his disciples came to him saying, explain to us the parable of the tares of the field. He answered and said to them, he who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seeds are the son of the kingdom, but the tares are the sons of the wicked one. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age and the reapers are the angels. Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of this age. That's the Jewish age, not the church age. The Jewish age has not ended. It will end at the end of the tribulation. The son of man will send his angels and they will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and those who practice lawlessness. He will cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father, that is the separation at the end of the tribulation of those during the tribulation who accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior and survived to the end of the tribulation without being martyred, and then those who reject and standing before him, the Bible says in chapter 25 of Matthew, all the nations will be gathered and it will separate the sheep, believers, from the goats, unbelievers. The sheep will go into the kingdom, but the goats will be cast away into outer darkness. They will be cast away into hell for a thousand years to wait for the coming white throne judgment. This is also found in uh, Matthew chapter three and verse 12. Turn there with me for just a moment. I don't want to just to mention this verse, but I want you to see it because here, John the Baptist is saying the same thing. It says in Matthew chapter three and verse 12, his winnowing fork is in his hand and he will thoroughly clean or purge his threshing floor, that's the earth, and will gather the wheat, that's the believers, that is the sheep on his right hand, the uh, believers, into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff, and these are the unbelievers, these are the goats with unquenchable fire. And so he will separate those two, and this is what's going to happen. And I want you to know it says that he will uh, thoroughly cleanse his floor, and that's what's gonna happen at the end of the tribulation, so that at the end of the tribulation, all unbelievers are removed from the earth, and then believers will get to go into the millennial reign of Jesus Christ in their natural bodies. We will have resurrection bodies, they will have natural bodies, and they'll start having children. And literally, there will be a worldwide population explosion during the time of the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. This is the time period he's talking about. And I want you to notice what he's saying here in these verses of scripture, that they are gathered together, the one that sows good seed is the son of man, and then those that don't, he says, are the sons of Satan. And so through his disciples, Satan is spreading a false gospel. They are sowing in the same field 
and the same field is the earth. So here we are on the earth and there's two different types of sowers. One is Jesus Christ and one is Satan. And what's being sown is the gospel. This is not the same as in chapter four of Mark, where we're talking about there the sower sows the seed and that sower is a minister. That's you witnessing, but also pastors in churches spreading the seed and all four types of ground are believers. Here we have it, that Jesus Christ is coming in this earth and through his workers in this earth, that is believers. They are sowing the gospel here. And then also Satan with his uh, followers, that's unbelievers and demons themselves are sowing a false gospel. And again, the difference between them is they're called wheat and tares. Wheat is what Jesus is sowing and tares is what Satan is sowing. Here's the point. They are sowing in the same field at the same time that believers are sowing the true gospel. Tares look like wheat, but tares hinder wheat. Satan's counterfeit gospel is appealing to man's ego. Galatians chapter one and verse 11. Paul says, I've made known to you, brethren, that the gospel which I preached is not according to man. It didn't come from man. Every religion we have around here, some got, somebody got it, but it came through Satan eventually. But what we're saying here is men come up with this. And whether that is, you know, a Joseph Smith or whether it's Mohammed or Buddha, so these people came up with this when he said it didn't come from men. It came from God. Men want to see God rationally as being just like them. And so Satan's gospel is so logical that multitudes are deceived. Why? It sounds logical, but God's message is not logical. That's why we have to receive it by faith. Grace isn't logical. It doesn't make natural sense. Why would a person go to heaven who was a wicked person in their life, but they only go there because they accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, which on the other hand, why do wicked people go to heaven sometimes, but nice and sweet people go to hell simply because they rejected Jesus. It doesn't make sense. We are so works-minded and we are so that people have to be nice to each other, kind to each other, get along with each other, and all these different things which people don't understand. You have to have the Holy Spirit to do that. Your flesh can't produce it for very long. Oh, you can grit your teeth and pound your fist and jump up and down, but eventually the lust of the flesh will take over. You have to have something to counteract that, and that is the Holy Spirit living in you. So the message of grace makes no sense. Let me just give you an example of that. Suppose we had a man here who's a multi-murderer. He's been sentenced to life imprisonment, but instead of putting him in some penitentiary somewhere, we put him on a nice condo on a beach in Florida, and he has people around him that collect food for him and all that, and we would be so mad. He has a television screen in there that's huge, and inside he has a phone, he can call people, a car outside he can drive around, do all he wants. In other words, he's freer than a lot of people and richer than a lot of people. Why does that not make sense? Because we look at this man and we see what he did, not the fact that somebody had mercy on him and put him in this thing. All I'm saying to you is that's what happens when you receive Jesus Christ. You can have a thief on the cross next to you that in his dying breath received Jesus as Lord and Savior and it doesn't make natural sense. Why would Jesus say today you'll be with me in paradise? In other words, a condo on a beach in Florida. You're gonna be at this wonderful, nice place and I'm just simply telling you, and you'll have that forever and forever. And if people looked at that and they heard that, they go, this doesn't make sense. I'm telling you the gospel and grace do not make sense to the natural mind, but to God's mind, they are perfectly wonderful. The only line between heaven and hell is one thing. Did you believe in Jesus? You can enter into heaven and paradise for the rest of eternity. If you rejected Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you'll depart from him. 
Now Paul warns of Satan's gospel. Satan's gospel was being preached even as Paul was writing this. That's why he says you've turned from this to this. He didn't say eventually down the road a couple of hundred years when Satan's gospel is perfected, people follow it. No, Satan's gospel has been here since the Garden of Eden and even was preached in the Garden of Eden. You can be good without God. Galatians chapter one, verses six and seven. I wanna look at it again. I marvel, I am shocked that you are so soon turned away from him who called you into the grace of Christ to another gospel of a different kind, which is not another gospel of the same kind, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. There are two titles today for Satan's gospel of another kind. There is the secular gospel of humanism, liberalism, one world government or one world communism, as I call it. You know, in the days of communism in the past and even today in Cuba and other places and places that have it, if you manage to escape, there's other countries to go to, but there's going to come a day when it will be worldwide. You can't run anyplace else. There'll be no free countries to go to. This is what the tribulation is going to be, seven years of one world communism and the worst time in all world history. Jesus said in Matthew 24 of the second half of the tribulation, which is called the great tribulation, it is the worst time in all world history that ever has been, is, or ever will come. It is the worst of all times. And this is what the book of Revelation lays out for us, how bad that the tribulation is going to be. The church will escape it. We have not been appointed under wrath. And during the seven years of tribulation on the earth, the church will be going through the judgment seat of Christ and will be rewarded there. We will not be judged as people will be judged uh, for our works. Our works will be judged before the Lord, not us. So the secular gospel of humanism or liberalism today, one world communism is one of the two titles today for Satan's gospel. The second one is the spiritual gospel being preached from pulpits today. The secular gospel comes across TV and all these other things and sports and all that. But this other the gospel we're talking about here also can come from a church and has a spiritual slant to it. And this is the gospel of inclusion, universalism, the universal fatherhood of God and the universal brotherhood of all mankind. And so this is simply what they're saying is Jesus Christ went to the cross and died for us and we're all now saved. Universally, we're all saved. God is now the father of everybody and everybody's brothers one with another. And this is the biggest offense to the gospel of all because it appeals to man's ego, to man's lust, for man's desire to, to soothe his conscience. And so God's gospel has other titles. Again, here's two of them for Satan's gospel, secular humanism, secular gospel, number two, the spiritual gospel, which includes, again, universalism, the universal fatherhood of God. This is what's being preached today from pulpits. But what is God's gospel? God's gospel has many titles, yet all of them speak of one gospel, and it's the true gospel. Our, our gospel we have today is called the gospel of the kingdom. This is found in Matthew. It's called the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is found in Mark and in the book of Acts. The gospel of the grace of God, Acts reports this one. The gospel of his son, Acts also reports this one. The gospel of God, notice man's gospel came from man through Satan. God's gospel comes from him and works through churches and through people that are born again and preach the gospel. This is found in the book of Romans, the gospel of God. The gospel of the glory of Christ is found in 2 Corinthians. The gospel of your salvation is found in Galatians and the gospel of peace 
is found in Ephesians, and finally, the everlasting gospel in Romans and Revelations. It was here before uh, Satan's gospel came out. It will be here after Satan's gospel is gone. So all these titles for the same gospel when he said, that it's not the gospel of the same kind. There are other titles for gospel of the same kind. There was two titles that we had for the gospel of Satan, the gospel of humanism and the gospel of inclusion found within churches. Let's take a look at verses eight through 10 here in Galatians chapter one. And Paul emphasizes again, this particular message. Even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel, again, of a different kind to you, then what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, I now say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be cursed. Do I persuade men or do I persuade God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I still pleased men, I would not be a true bondservant of the Lord Jesus Christ. You wanna be a true bondservant of Jesus Christ? Then preach the gospel. Tell people about Jesus Christ and tell them by receiving him, they'll have peace they cannot possibly understand and they'll have eternal life. I'll see you tomorrow. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.